Welcome to The Jet Vent with your host, Kane Mack. The Jets Everything Podcast. From game previews to game reviews and everything gang green. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and all your podcasts and providers. Jets lose. Not really a surprise here. Uh, they lose the game 18-10. to at home to the Buffalo Bills. The Bills won today without scoring a touchdown or punting. First time since Washington and the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1941. So that's uh, pretty interesting, to say the least. I mean, it was just a very dry game. And I could see why people were turning off the TV and switching over to red zone. Um, especially maybe more casual Jet fans. Um or maybe planning a dinner date or something like that because it was, it was, <laughs> it had to be like one of the more boring games I think I've experienced as a Jet fan. Um, and they were in most of it. <laughs> this is the most in the game that they've been in in a long time. And and for this whole season, I mean, they lost every single game by multiple possessions. This is the first one that they've lost by single possession. And you just knew, you just knew that they weren't winning this game. Yeah, I mean, th- th- there was no way. The defense was playing pretty well, uh, but the offense, of course, in the second half, uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, the big storyline, of course, is Dow Loggins getting the play-calling duties instead of Adam Gase, but it almost was like Adam Gase was making the play-callings from last year. Uh, first drive of the game, they drive down the field, and they almost score. They, they kick a field goal. And then, um, I mean, past the, past the first half, I mean, they were horrific. Um, they were jump out to a ten to ten nothing lead, and I don't know. Just the whole time, I just felt like the the, the Jets had no chance of winning. <laughs> uh, nothing was sustainable, and it was really, um, really telling in the second half. But yet again, we'll get to that in a minute. Big storyline: the return of Sam Darnold, and man, oh man, did he disappoint. He finishes the, the the game with a 12 for 23, 120 yards and two picks. Started the game 12, uh, 10 of 11 for 107 yards. Finishes the game uh, 2 of 13 with only 13 yards passing. I mean, that's horrific. Um, oof. I mean, just horrific. Sam uh, has regressed to a point that, I mean, you, you're looking at it. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is probably the main guy. Um, moving forward, <laughs> that's the guy that we want as our franchise quarterback, and, and it's so unfortunate that Sam was thrown into the uh, abyss the way that he has with this franchise, with the coaching, the general manager, and the ownership. I mean, the, all three as you know aspects of your franchise has failed uh, a potential franchise quarterback, and uh, unless we have an A plus coaching candidate, I'm really scared for Trevor Lawrence as well. Um, especially if we can't get a big-time receiver in the offseason or Mims doesn't develop or, you know, something crazy happens like that. And Sam just looked off. Um, He started the game really well, really confident, and then, I don't know, he just hit a wall. The second half, there was no adjustment. There there was just nothing there. Yeah, I I really didn't see anything that was, was really popping out of me as saying, like, this guy is our guy. I mean... You think you're down 18 to 10, you're down by a possession, the offense hasn't been really moving. 
you think like, man, a, a franchise quarterback would drive down the field and at least give you a shot to win at the end of the game. And uh, unfortunately, it gets batted down at the line and, and intercepted. But, jeez, it, it was just a rough, rough game for Sam Darnold. And hopefully he'll have uh, some sort of success against Kansas City. But I wouldn't hold my uh, breath on that. <laughs> the, the Kansas City Chiefs have a much uh, – I mean, they, they don't have a much better defense. I think the Bills have a much better defense than Kansas City. But they're playing in KC, and he's going to have to throw the ball a lot because Kansas City is going to be scoring a lot of points. And, um, yeah, they're 21-and-a-half-point dogs for a reason <laughs> next week against Kansas City. But it'll be interesting to see. I mean, can he improve? Can he be the guy? Maybe this is just a week that, you know, um, it, it was a guy playing that hasn't played in a few weeks. Maybe that's the issue. <laughs> But, you know, the root of all evil is always the head coach, the general manager, and above all, the ownership. And uh, all three I don't trust in developing this quarterback. And um, right now the Jets are on a very, very straight path to Trevor Lawrence and the number one overall pick. So that's, uh, that's unfortunate, but it is what it is. And the Jets at the end of the day have to uh, evaluate Sam Donald. If I was evaluating Sam Donald, I would have given him like a D plus or D minus. <laughs> very uh, underwhelming game by Sam and a very underwhelming um, game overall by the offense. But let's get into some positive stuff, right? Let's get into some positive stuff here. I mean, we got the Michael P. Ryan, rookie, rookie running back. And he was on the field for 34 snaps out of 51 possible plays. That's that's, that's awesome. I mean, as, as you're, you know, going through a year, this is one of the guys that you want to see playing. You know, I don't want to see Frank Gore out there every play. And uh, Frank has his, you know, he has a purpose on this team. Like, I'm not saying he can't play, but, I mean, you know, we have to see this guy, Michael P. Ryan, play and see what we got. And to see him out there for 34 out of Apostle 51 and Frank sort of regress, I mean, uh, you know, the offensive you know, um, coaching staff deciding to hold Frank Gore back for only 16 out of a possible 51 is, is an awesome sight to see. Frank uh, is a veteran. He gets how the game is played. And, um, you know, I, I really think that he doesn't mind taking a backseat role to Michael Piron, which Michael Piron got 11 attempts, 39 yards, and a touchdown. He had a sick touchdown. That, that touchdown was awesome. I mean, that's. That's how you play the game of football, man. Keep those feet in bounds, reach over the pylon, and score. I mean, uh, that that's that was an awesome play. But hopefully, a um, you know future uh, you know future feature back of the New York Jets. I mean, that's what you want to see. You want to see those flashes there. Um, and, and that's something that um excites me as a fan as it goes through. Because you know when you're zero seven, you have to pick you know some positives out of every game. And Michael Piron could be that guy moving forward. Uh, and especially in this game, you know, he looked pretty good. He had a little bit of speed to him. You know, he hits the hole. He hits it hard. He, he's quick back. And I'm hoping for big things with Michael P. Ryan. You know, hopefully, you know, they use him out of the backfield as more, uh, you know, hopefully they get him involved in the passing game a little bit. But, you know, um, as far as a runner, you know, I thought he played pretty well. You know, they kept him on the field for a reason. Uh, and speaking of another rookie, Denzel Mims, the second-round pick from Baylor, played his first game uh, in a Jet uniform on Sunday. And just like the whole you know, uh, part of this offense, 
Looked all right in the first half, and, you know, he played okay. Overall, he, he played okay. He played like a rookie. The first game, you know, he was able to get a couple of catches under his belt, uh, four receptions on seven targets uh, for 42 yards. You know, not not detrimental to the team in any way. He's, you know, pretty productive. This is his first game, you know, and I hope for bigger things for him. You know, hopefully as he gets more confidence in this offense, you know, hopefully he can score a touchdown or two before the end of the year and, you know, uh, I like Denzel Mims. He's a big target. Big target, number 11. I want to see him play. And I want to see him, you know, show something here. You know, hopefully give Sam Donald a chance to be a franchise quarterback, right? You want to give your, your quarterback a chance with, with a decent wide receiver or two. So, you know, I, I was pretty uh, – I was happy with it. It looked okay, you know. Nothing to um, write home about, certainly, you know. Um yeah, four receptions, 42 yards. I mean, that's nothing crazy, but, you know, that that's a good start. That That's a foundation for this whole rest of the season, which still has nine games to be played. Um, the other guy that got also seven targets was Braxton Berrios, and, and that's another guy you want to see playing, you know, a, a guy that you got to see what you have, and, you know, it's his, only his third year in the league, and he also had seven targets, so he got a little bit more of a role in this week's offense, and um, four receptions, 35 yards, including a third down and 20 on the, uh, you know, very good throw by Sam Darnold in the first half. You know, I was very uh, happy with that pass. I was happy with the catch, and, you know, um, it it was a nice little play there that accounted for most of his yards for the day because, I mean, three receptions. Let's do the math real quick. I mean, he got that pass for, like, what, 21 yards, so... Only 14 yards on three receptions after that. That's not great. But, you know, I need to take some positives from this game. Come on, guys. <laughs> uh, as we move forward, let's see. Oh, oh, Chris Herndon. Is he alive at this point? Like, where is he? <laughs> you know, a guy that showed so much promise his rookie season has just not been there for the New York Jets. I mean, he has been as bad as you can possibly be. I mean, as bad as you can possibly play. This dude in seven games has 13 receptions for 98 yards. He had a huge fumble in that uh, Buffalo game that ended the quote-unquote comeback. I mean, well, we probably were, the Jets were not probably coming back from that game. But at least give your team a chance. And unfortunately, didn't give him a chance. Pretty horrific start. For Chris Herndon and, you know, a pretty injury-riddled career with the Jets and a really, like, prove-a-year for him, and he's just been horrific. Because even when he catches the ball, you think, like, oh, my God, don't fumble it. (laughs) Don't fumble the ball. And and it's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate because I I and a lot of Jet fans really thought that, um, you know, he was a part of the solution, you know, a, a key piece of this offense moving forward. And he just hasn't been that guy. He hasn't been that guy at all. And it's real unfortunate to see. You know, um, probably going to have to move on from him at the end of the year or decline his fifth-year option. You know, he just doesn't look good. He doesn't look good. And all the tight ends, I mean, have been barely featured in this offense anyway. But, you know, given that contract to uh, Griffin, has not really worked out. And I, I don't know. I'm just... Anybody in the tight end position right now has not lived up to their potential. 
and uh, that could be on the coaching staff, that could be on them, but I think this is a case of it being more on the player than it is the coaching staff. I mean, Herner's just not getting open, and, you know, he's, he's getting some playing time, he's getting some snaps. I mean, you got to get yourself open on some pass plays and make some things happen, and he hasn't done that. Has not done that at all this year. And yet again, it's unfortunate, but you got to play the game, man. Um, as we move on here, let's let's talk more about some positive stuff, right? Let's talk about defense. Um, 18 points allowed, no touchdowns. Holding Buffalo to eight field goal attempts and six of them made. Uh, this reminded me a lot of the Miami game last year at home where the Jets yielded uh, seven field goals to the Miami Dolphins and uh, wound up winning the game 22-21. to Obviously, in this game, uh, the Jets did lose. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, just no offensive push in the second half. But yet again, we'll get to the second half, and I have a whole big thing about that in a minute. I don't want to talk about it right now. Let's talk positive, right? Positive stuff. The Buffalo Bills went 0 for 5 in the red zone, including a forced fumble by uh, Basham, recovered by Franklin Myers. Uh, I want to say Quinn Williams played a great game. I-, I thought that he was all over the field. A four total tackles, which surprised me. I thought he had a little bit more. Uh, he had a sack and hit Josh Allen three times. I mean, uh, he was getting to the quarterback. And for all those people that are talking about him being Leonard Williams 2.0, I mean, that's not a Leonard Williams type game. I mean, he's getting to the quarterback. And listen, he's a top five pick. Uh, he's pick number three uh, in the draft a couple years ago. Um, you know, you got to give him a little time. He's 22 years old. <laughs> He still is an orthodontist, all right? Calm down a little bit. I mean, the dude, um, you know, it definitely fits the billing of being a guy that you want to build a defense around uh, or at least build your defensive line around up in the middle, you know, for the, for, uh, you know, for the future. I, I think that he's a guy that, you know, who could be a um, an answer rather than a problem, you know? You need, you need some answers here. <laughs> you, need, you need, you know, some solutions. There's a lot of problems with the Jets. You need some solutions, and I really think that uh, Quinton Williams is more of a solution than a problem right now for the New York Jets as he progresses through this year. Uh, another notable thing to look at as well, um, McDougal uh, took some plays off um, in favor of rookie Ashton Davis. Didn't do anything crazy. Um, also, when you don't notice the safety, so he must be doing his job, and that's what you want to see out of your rookie safety from West, I'm sorry, I was about to say West Virginia, I was about to say California. He played a cow. Uh, that's what you want to see. You don't want people to um, to notice you too much, and I, I think he did a good job. As long as I don't notice him out there, you know, he might be doing the right things. You know, that's on the tape and everything like that's on the coaching staff. But in particular, just me as a fan watching the game, he didn't jump out at me. He didn't do anything crazy good. He also didn't do anything crazy bad. So that's uh, that's how you want to play it right now for the rookie, Ashton Davis. Uh, the player of the game in terms of defense, uh, Neville Hewitt had 13 tackles, 10 solo. Avery Williamson, who may be traded this coming week, probably. He is the most trade value probably on that defense. Somebody that needs an inside linebacker. And, you know, he played pretty well. 13 tackles, 4 solo. You know what? I, I, I loved Avery Williamson since he put on the Jet uniform. It's going to suck when he leaves. But, you know, I get it. As an organization, you have to move on. And, you know, you got to um, build for the future. And, you know, unfortunately, this is 
this is what it is. The Jets are rebuilding. They don't need a veteran inside linebacker like him, and he's become a free agent at the end of the year. So I, I, I don't hate the move. I, I really don't. I, I don't hate the move if they trade him um, while he's, his value is pretty high at the moment. Uh, bless Austin. Oh, some negatives on this defense. Two miss, very, oh, two very easy interceptions. I mean, come on. Missed in this football game. Bless Austin. Had an easy interception on that first drive. Now, it doesn't matter because they missed the field goal there. But, oh, are you kidding me? Josh Allen forced the one down the field. Like, oh, this is the Jets. Throws it to him, and I guess he was proven right because Buss Austin could not make the play in the end zone. He could not make that play in the end zone, and it sucks because Bless Austin really made a um, a good play on the ball. He was in the great position, made great coverage. And I get it, they don't pay him to catch the football, but geez, can you make a play? I mean, geez. It, you know, Greg Williams was talking about how they missed a couple interceptions week one. This was an easy interception in the end zone. I mean, come on. Make a play, dude. Let's go. Let's go, man. Got to make that play. It sucks they didn't make that play. But not going to get too crazy about it. Not going to get too crazy about it because they did miss the field goal and, and no harm, no foul, as they would say in the industry. Um, and Pierre Desir also missed one out in the flat by the um, on the sideline and I was also in the first half. Um, <laughs> yet again, got to make a good play. Got to make the play. And, and he's had a couple of pretty nice interceptions this year. So I'm actually pretty excited about um, you know some of the things he's doing. But it's also I'm really afraid of them throwing it to him because sometimes they pick on him. You know, think about that Denver game. He had, I mean, <laughs> he had two interceptions in those games. He played pretty well if you just look at the stats but they were targeting him the whole game and, and yet again he's one of those guys that I don't know if he's part of the solution here I, I really don't it depends who they draft and who they bring in in free agency and if they need him or not I don't know what Joe Douglas is going to do I don't know if he's going to be here next year I mean he's not he's not a bad option to have because he makes plays but at the same time he's a liability out there from time to time and oh I'm still not over that Jerry Judy just mossing him in the end zone. That that was puke. <laughs> that was horrible. He did make it up with a touchdown later, but, I mean, he was targeted the whole game. So I don't know if I can really say that he made up for it in any way. He, he played the most frustrating game because I want to say he played bad, but I also want to say that he played good ever. I mean, of all time. So, interesting. Interesting with this year because I don't know which this year we're going to get week to week. Damn, he should have made that play on the sideline. That would have been big. That, that would have been a, a pretty big pit interception there in the first half when the Jets offense actually had something going. Actually, you know, actually was playing something more decent. So, yeah, that wraps it up for our defense. Uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the other guys, uh, the Buffalo Bills, uh, Josh Allen looked pretty good. Um, statistically, he looked good. 30-43-307. He also had 11 carries for 61 yards to lead the Buffalo Bills in rushing, by the way. Uh, he did fumble the ball while passing. Obviously, the sack by Basham and the recovery by um, ooh, Franklin Myers. Sorry, I had to flip over my notes there. Uh, it's a good reminder of that. 
Um, yeah, he looked good. But yet, they didn't get in the end zone. So, I can't really say that he was phenomenal. Like, he was, like, murdering the Jets because that's not the case. Josh Allen played well enough to win in a game that, I mean, the Jets' second half was just woof. Woof, woof, woof. Really bad. I mean, just really, really bad. I don't even know what to say about it. It's just so horrific. So horrific. I mean, they really can't. They they couldn't really do anything. Yet again, I'll get to it in a second. I'm trying to tell myself that. I keep telling myself that I'm going to get to it. Just because it's just such an elephant in the room. Like, they played so bad. Like, we'll get to it in a second. Don't get too excited. Uh, the MVP for the Buffalo Bills, I thought it was Cole Beasley. Uh, Cole Beasley played a hell of a game out there for the Buffalo Bills. 11 receptions, 112 yards. Obviously, the lead everybody in receiving. Uh, he played phenomenal. Former uh, former Dallas Cowboy looked phenomenal out there. And uh, was a problem all day for the New York Jets until they reached the red zone, which is always very positive. Uh, second was Tyler Bass. Of course, he made six field goals, attempted eight. But he missed two of them, you know, from 37 and 45. So, you know, I'm not going to give a, a kicker who misses two field goals a uh, you know, game MVP. You know, the Buffalo Bills are driving the ball on the Jets all day. Uh, the, the Jets defense bended and bended and bended, just didn't break. And uh, that's the defense that, you know, we've come accustomed to seeing from Greg Williams from last season. And we haven't seen that much all year. Uh, he had the right game plan for Josh Allen, and, um, you know, it really worked out. You know, I think that they did what they had to do. I'm not going to uh, hate on uh, Greg Williams' schemes there. You know, I thought he did really well. And holding the Buffalo Bills there. But, yeah, Tyler Bass would be the second. Second. The second um, second place getter of the game MVP. But game ball out to Cole Beasley. Really beast game out there. 11 for 112. Give it to him. Finally, we have our JMVP, Jets MVP. And that's going to be our Jets red zone defense. Uh, Buffalo Bills went 0 for 5, including that um, unfortunate fumble um, <laughs> created by Basham, recovered by Franklin Myers. So that's our JMVP. Uh, you know, yet again, defense came on strong. Defense played really, really well. Now, here we go. To the Jets, second half. Offense. You ready for this? <laughs> First of all, I'm sure as you all know, they had only four total yards. Four in the entire second half. Their drives go as follows, right? So the first play of the second half, the Jets get the ball. It was a 13-yard rush by Frank Gore. So they went one and done on that drive, accumulating 12 yards. Then they go three and out, three and out, three and INT. That's pathetic. I mean, you talk about not even giving your defense any shot of winning the game. I mean, you, you guys should be ashamed of yourselves. I mean, really. I mean, what, what's going on here? I mean, really. The, the Jets' defense played so well. Bend, not break. Bend, not break. Bend, not break. Don't give up touchdowns. And they did everything they wanted to do. They, I really believe that. They did everything that they could to keep the Jets in the game, and the offense just basically spat in their face. 
you know, uh, maybe this is a tryout for for, for Dow Loggins to, to be with the organization next year because, you know, of course, the, the, the brilliant Johnson ownership, you know, want to evaluate the assistant and offensive and defensive coordinators and everything. But, I mean, this is the same group of guys that wouldn't allow uh, Matt Rule to have his own assistants and stuff like that. So I'm sure they're going to have full control on who's going to stay here. And I'm sure that's going to go over well with our next uh, head coach that, you know, <laughs> that our owner is going to be, you know, deciding who the assistant coaches are, which is bizarre. I mean, that's just bizarre. I- I've never seen anything like that, but that's the reason why Matt Rule did not want to um, be with the Jets. and didn't even really entertain an offer from the Jets because he didn't get his guys and he wants to have his guys there. And look at the Carolina Panthers. They're... They're not a very skilled football team. They don't have the best offense and defense. But you know what? They have elite coaching, and hey, they're in it. They're in it for a playoff spot with the seven-game playoff. So, I'm sorry, with these seven playoff teams in the NFC. So, it's great to see that guy succeed. He should have been the head coach of the Jets, and unfortunately, he's not. But I digress. Sorry, I got all a little off-tangent there, but... <laughs> It just ties into this whole mess that's the New York Jets right now. And just the play calling was not very good. Sam wasn't very good. And overall, the New York Jets, unfortunately, um, do not come out with any sort of pop. Don't come out with any sort of energy in the second half in terms of offense. And, um, you know, they lose 18-10 to 10 as a result. They move to 0-7 on the season. Which is just blah. And by the way, one of my other fears of this season, it, it, it circles around Denzel Mims, and it's not really his fault, but um, the Jets have not hit on a second round draft choice since 2007. Since the Jets drafted inside linebacker from Michigan, David Harris, which is fitting because he is the hit man. So he's the only hit out of any of these second-round draft picks. And and this is a little unfair. I'll be honest with you. But is Marcus May going to be a New York Jet next season in 2021? We don't know. We we really don't know with this team. You know? We we really don't. We'll we'll see. But May, maybe not going to be a Jet next season. Yet again, we'll see. (laughs) We'll see what happens. But I, I don't know. But these are the guys that have not seen a second contract from the New York Football Jets. And 2017, maybe it's Marcus May, unless we re-sign him. You know, 2017, Marcus May's picked in the second round. Hackenberg in 16. Devin Smith in 15. Jason Morrow in 14. Geno Smith in 13. Vlad Dukas in 2010. And then 2007 with David Harris. So, that's pretty brutal. That's a pretty brutal stretch of second-round draft choices. I'm just going to call him the second-round graveyard. I mean, Marcus May might be included in that graveyard. We don't know yet. I don't want to wish down upon Marcus May, but if he doesn't get signed to that second contract, he's thrown into the graveyard. It really is. And how many draft picks are we going to mess up? Especially in the second round. <laughs> While we're on it in the first round too. <laughs> I mean, jeez. Jeez. 
It's just, just a nightmare. It's just a nightmare with this team sometimes, and most of the time. As we go through the worst season the Jets may ever have as a franchise, and that's definitely saying something. This is definitely worse than 96, even though, granted, I wasn't alive for that. But at least the Jets moved in the right direction, getting Parcells as a head coach and uh, having a couple of successful seasons under him. Here, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Belimini or maybe the offensive coordinator from Buffalo, uh, some college guy, maybe Lincoln Riley. I, I don't know. But they better have their head on straight and they better get the right guy and uh, hopefully develop the next potential franchise quarterback for the New York Jets, as I believe Sam Donald is just not that guy. He's not the guy. Unfortunate, but he's just not the guy. Uh, so next up for Gang Green, we have the Kansas City Chiefs. Woo! Can't wait for this one as they're 21 and a half point dogs on the road in Kansas City going to Arrowhead. And I am uh, not thrilled about it. I'm not excited about this game. But let's try to be positive and root for the rookies and the second and third year guys are just trying to make it in the league and hopefully Sam Donald can just show me something. Please show me something Sam Donald. Please. Alright, with that all being said thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to us if you haven't already. Uh, Share with us as we try to grow this podcast. And uh, overall, just have a great day. We'll see you Friday for the game preview at the Kansas City Chiefs. I've been Kane Mack, and this is the Jet Vent. Thank you so much for listening, and have yourself a wonderful, wonderful day. Peace.